0: mentioned off the air if you're just now uh, dialing the uh, radio in your Ford truck from Corning Ford with your resist all cowboy hat in the seat next to you on top of your provider series cookbook you just found the uh, provider where the payment ends podcast we're gonna get into it today that was our cheesy shout out <laughs> to some
1: really great sponsors <laughs> It's kind of hard to work those in from it's kind of for some reason what you did just now reminded me of uh you never even call me by my name right that david allen co made famous you know you gotta get that perfect country and western song mm-hmm. and add them all into a mm-hmm. corny kind of a line and it just kind of works kind of blends together
0: kind of make kind of you kind of felt that didn't you you know the it. sun just kind of setting down driving down the road in your truck you got to listen to something on your commute home before you get to your Belly-aching wife that you don't want to spend the next eight hours with before you fall asleep. (laughs) Picked up that new cookbook from your buddy. I'm not saying that's my life when I'm on driving home tonight, but that could be somebody's, you know. You could picture that There is somebody out there. Somebody out there. Somebody identified with it. Did I miss anyone? (laughs) We can
2: keep going. That's what I mean. You you just go right down the line of all the great partners we have. What gun do you my six hours on you while you're in your courting forward, while you're reading your provider cookbook, while you're wearing a wrist all resist all hat.
0: Let me bring up an interesting (laughs) thing. It's a (laughs) sidebar. It was brought up to me at a time. If you're a right-handed shooter, this, this plays right into six hour pistol, you're a right-handed shooter and you carry a gun in your car. You like that's very, uh, you're, in, you're inhibited if you think about like where your seatbelt goes, where your seat, I mean, I guess left-hand too, but, you know, because the way the buckle comes in and all that. Do you take your gun out of your, uh, do you take it out of your holster, out of your uh, waistband, driving? whatever, in and put it in like the console or the cup
2: holder or something when you're driving, or do you leave it where it's at? Um, I put it in on a mag- magnetized um, holster on that's screwed into the bottom of the dash. So it's it's right there. And as you take it off the magnet, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it right, it screws into your console underneath. And as you reach for it, if you don't want to have it loaded, as you reach for it, you can push forward and it will stay on the magnet and it will slide that back and as you pull it off coming forward. Oh, chamber one? It will chamber a bullet for you and then you're ready. Because, you know, if you think about, like, where your seatbelt, if
0: you're a right-handed shooter and you're driving and your your seatbelt with the shoulder harness, which all of them have now, unless you're in my old car or Clay's old car, it would be, it's like over your waist, it's over your right hand, you right know, you got you an arm, right? Like, so, you would be very covered up to try and get to a gun, and I imagine every day there's multiple car jackings and things where having a, a, a handgun in your vehicle is you Know a great idea and should be a day. I just always wondered, do you take it out? So you've got a mount, a magnetic mount, and that's for, where you put for, it
2: for, yeah. I mean, for that purpose, because mm-hmm. I have the safest place, obviously, for a gun is on you if you're going to carry, right? That's always the safest, but exactly what you're talking about. You, so not people,
1: necessarily in your vehicle,
2: but otherwise. if, yeah, if it's either that or not where. What, what about what about educating us on,
1: belt. uh, Concealed carry versus open carry in this scenario. I think it, it's the same. So the same. so if it's laying on your passenger seat in in plain view, that's open. You know. Oh yeah yeah. It's, yeah. it's let's say let's say you're a non CCW person, but you're it's you're in a state where it's legal to open oh, carry. Oh, yeah, you can have it out. But you you, you but, but, it, have to have to. So the, my question is is that scenario that magnetized holder underneath the dash. It's not technically out of sight, but it's not in plain sight. Is that no, if sure. you're a non CCW, would it. you be legal? It's, yeah, 100%. yeah, you'd be legal. Yeah. So I think that'd be a big thing to look at because not not everybody's either has their CCW or they're in a state where where it's illegal. So. That would suffice the law yeah. to have it not on your person in plain view and jared it's you're able to actually use it versus having it sit on top of a newspaper you know in your passenger at, seat kind of thing, so
0: Jared mentioned something about three three points of view that that was pertaining to a person, and I imagine there's some similar you know in rules a car. yeah in a car you know and none of it applies if it's not loaded right you could you can have a gun. You know, if you have your hunting rifle, it doesn't have to be necessarily in plain view. You could have it in a gun rack behind the seat, but it can't be chambered, loaded. You know, same. I imagine with a pistol. We, I don't know the laws about that in Nevada. In Nevada, that's the other thing. In Nevada, now you go to California, you got to have the bullets got to be in the trunk with a evidence sticker over them, and the guns got to be in next to your carburetor and <laughs> you got to have both your fingers cut off and they can only sew them back on, you know, when you want, uh, who knows what they're doing over there. It just needs to f- fall
1: that's off why, the ocean.
2: That's why uh, <laughs> getting your concealed carry and having it on you, and you don't have to worry about any of that.
1: That's right. We're not here to talk <laughs> but about it, but that But Clay, in your opinion, oh gosh, in that scenario real quick, just, uh, uh, yeah, the safe, the best place to have your, your gun is on you concealed. Do, would you would you still hold that truth in your vehicle like we're talking about I, with That's the seat I belt and all that? I, well, I would he said
2: you shouldn't you wouldn't for want the to sa- have your for this, on but for then the safety you, of quickness. Yes, like if a, if someone come run up to your car out of the blue, you don't want to have that spend time taking off your seat belt and getting in. You're you're hindered by that. So sure. that, so that then, right there, right. I mean, it's basically instant. Yeah, because yeah. if
0: you if you were to think about trying to get down into your Right hand, you know, waistband where you would n- probably 90% of people carry their guns, even appendix carry or in your, in your back, all of them, you're going to have trouble with a seatbelt on. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, that's what that, that seatbelt's coming across every point where you would have oh, a gun. Yeah. Yep. That is not why we're here today. That's <laughs> no. a tangent that <laughs> totally I went tangent. off on.
2: I wasn't ready to talk about that, Alex. You yeah, think? we're not going to either. <laughs> We
0: alluded to what we're going to talk about last week here, and uh, Clint is going to enlighten us, non-tag holders,
2: on, what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. What?
0: What? A. Uh, how do you know? A lot of people in Nevada, and I'm going to say most of the, they want that 350 bull, right? I mean, that's not that's not the like 325 gets you in the book. But when you hear most people talk about elk, you know, especially in Nevada, they want that 350 bull. What makes a 350 bull? I know you've been studying. Every time Clint gets a tag, I'll give everybody a little backstory. He does an awful lot of research on field scoring, judging animals. It's very important. I mean, and I remember when he had his antelope tag, he had all these – their their cues or clues or tips. Reference points. Reference sure. points. Yeah. That's a great, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. uh and um, I want to hear a few about specifically this elk hunt that you're going on in less right. than two weeks.
1: So a good one to start with is uh they call it um t- so a three fifty bull, they call it the magic two hundred. So you wanna have a fifty inch main beam. So we'll that's the start, the sp-
0: that's the base of your yeah, score. So,
1: you know, and then from there, you got to, you know, then it the, goes into the field judging and how would you possibly determine 50 inches versus 45 inches, which, you know, can make a big difference. But yeah, 50 inches. So you're looking for a 50 inch main beam. You're looking for a uh, 40 inch inside spread of of the main beam. So that's your scorable spread um, is the the And that's taken at the dis- narrowest point of. No, no, no. Inside spread is the largest. The largest. The I'm largest, sorry. The largest. Largest spread of the main beam. And it can't and this, be this diagonal is for or mule beer, too. Yeah, yeah. It has to be parallel to the to the top of the skull. You know, so you kinda you, you, you can't go at an angle essentially. So it has to be straight across the horn, so to speak, no matter how asymmetrical the horns are, but it has to be in parallel to the So her, if he bows out on
0: one side, you get to go to kind of that Apex of that bow, but then you got to go straight, straight, across. straight across. If he has a bow on the other side, you don't exactly. get to kind of exactly. tilt it up and try and get it as wide as possible. And so
1: typically in both mule deer and uh, bull elk, it's, it's roughly about that halfway point. You know, you look at the way the horns naturally, the convexity of the main beams, it's typically up there about halfway, somewhere around the third point on a bull elk. Somewhere at least there, and then no, usually no more than the than the royal. By the by the time you get to the royal, it's starting to narrow back up. So somewhere in there is where you're going to be. But you have to, yeah, if, if you're really going to look, look at specifics, it's got to be parallel to the skull. So forty inches on the inside spread of the main beam. So if
0: you're keeping math there, that's fifty and forty is ninety. Well,
1: easy, easy just fifty and double it because you got both horns, and you and then you only have one forty, and then the last one is mass. 30 inches of mass. And mass is, in any animal, mass is always the hardest to feel judge. Um, So really it's just, you know, when you read stuff, it's basically if it's a good mature bull, if they kind of appear to have a 50 inch main beam and the size of the bull compared to maybe other satellite bulls or just in comparison to the cows or maybe how dark the mane is, all those kinds of things that makes you think that it's a more mature bull, they're going to have somewhere around 30 inches of mass. And and it really doesn't get much more than that, So, which is an interesting side because you know, you're sitting there going, man, look how heavy that, that deer is, or look how heavy that bull is. That doesn't really calculate to big score a lot of the times. Mass is overrated, I guess, when it comes to actually scoring. You're going to get, another way of saying that is you're going to get a lot more real estate out of length of tines. That's where you really score. Mass, I mean, what's the difference? A really heavy bull might be 37 inches of mass. Uh, average bull might be 30, little below average, 27, 25 inches. We're talking
2: 10 inches, you know, and then
1: you, uh, on both sides, but you know, you're talking 10 inches or so. So 14 inches is maybe the outside of that, a 14 inch point. I mean, you could make that up.
0: That, that could a be one brow of time, sure. mean, you know. Yeah, sure.
1: You add three in on one, on on the seconds that longer, so yeah, you're going to add up a lot more. There's a lot more real estate to be gained out of the length of the tines, and then the, and then you know on the side to that too is if the tines are really long, that'll make you it'll, it'll make you under judge the mass. So yeah. mass is so just going back to the general, you want 30, 30 inches is a good mature bull. It's going to be somewhere give or take around thirty. So thirty times two is sixty. The 40 inch inside spreads 100, and then you got 50 and 50 on the two main beams. There's your 200 inches. That's what gets you to a the magic 200. Gets you to 350 because if it's a mature one, you pretty much take a 15 inch uh, time length on average, and that's going to get you to 350
2: hmm. on a right? six point ball.
1: So you're at you're at 200, and then you got to come up with another 150, 150 points. You get 75 on one side, 75 on the other. So you're hoping. I, I, there's another, another one just, um, I want to say it was Eastman's where, you know, you look at enough bulls and if, if, if they're not broken, if they don't have some weird anomaly, they they'll try to find the smallest, uh, the, the shortest time length double. So let's just say they have a, they don't have a, a freakishly small point. They're a pretty symmetrical, normal looking bull instead of trying to go I think that royals you know 18 inches or is it 20 inches or you, know, you start getting all that you just try to find that one smallest point double it and then do that same formula and, and then whatever it's what crazy how on- often it how often it actually comes out to about the same as using that 15 inches average Really? So it probably just kind of dumbs down a lot of the work that you're doing, trying to look at look at the photo that you took or looking at a little bit of a clip of a video or if you're just being able to sit there in your spotting scope and being able to look at that.
2: So, that, so that's another point as far as how do you judge that size as far sure. as – I mean, you're sitting out there at 1,000 yards and going – or 2,000 yards. Am I going to go after this bull? Right. Because a six-point in your optics – could look really good at 2,000 yards. So how do you determine, is he even worthwhile going going after to get a closer, what so, you call a closer look at, so, right? Right? So, Yeah. So do you know roughly if you're looking at a bull, how wide he is across the shoulders or how big he is across the head or how wide is he at the ears. So you have, okay, average elk is 16 inches from ear to ear. Like, you know, you have when deer laid their horns out, you have that measurement and you kind of go off of that. Antelope, there's other things that we're going to get into and talk about that. Is there something on an elk that they can go off of and say, oh, well, what is 50 inches?
1: Yeah. So what, so yeah, so looking at that, you probably want to, you want to, get a gauge on main beam, that's really important. Probably a pretty good idea to look at that Royal because that's going to be the straightest, maybe easiest, if you will, point to score because it doesn't have that convexity to it where it's like, how do I, I mean, just real hard optically yeah. to figure that out, but the royal's fairly straight. So you're going to side view, if you can get a good side, side view, you, you're going to use a, a few reference points that I'll get to in a second. You want to look at main beam and you want to look at that Royal if those seem to be in the category you're looking for that, that's checks two of the three off the box. The other one is hopefully they turn and look at you and then, yeah, you're going to have to have some f- uh, head on reference to, to determine that spread of that, of that main beam. And if it's, you know, somewhere in that 40 inch area, you know you're looking is, at a mature bull. So side view, I would think the best one you're going to look at side view is top of the front shoulder, straight down the front leg, To the to the ground to the hoof, is going to be fifty eight to sixty inches in a mature bull elk. So very obviously, if you can extrapolate out that line in your mind, and I mean this is just time on the mountain and skill and all that to do that in the spotting scope. But if you have a chance to have a phone scope and you know get a a photo or a little bit of video where you can freeze and blow it up a little bit then it makes it maybe a little bit easier. But yeah, if you use that reference point, obviously if that's a one-to-one on the main beam, that's a bit you don't know, even have to look at anything yeah. else. You're talking about a massive main beam, right? 58 to 60 inches. But you can kind of figure if it's within 8 to 10 inches of what you're figuring 58 to 60, that's going to be about that 50-inch main beam. And then you could use the same on that Royal. What's a good Royal? You know, 2 feet, 24, 28 inches, that's going to be a good Royal, right? Because yeah. you need to have about a 15-inch average and you want that Royal to be, to carry, you know, much carry, more than any in Nevada. The other it's got to carry the thirds here because <laughs> they're small. Most of the thirds are small. So yeah, so that's a good one from the side. So now you get your front view and it's a little tough because, you know, how is, how is the, the elk holding its, its ears? But if the ears are in that kind of relaxed position, it's 23 inches or so, 23, 24 inches. So that should give you a good reference. Or no, I think it's a little bit more than that. It's um, I had a note here. I think that doesn't sound right. Tip of ear to tip of ear, yeah, twenty twenty one, twenty two inches. So if that's half of that inside spread, obviously you got a really good inside spread. I think also just, just you know how f- how much are they out of their their body size? You know, you kind of if you got yeah. you know their rump kind of thing. You know, if they're if they've got three rumps in between those those <laughs> horn spreads, they're they're going to be definitely yeah. forty inch inside spread for sure. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to get technical about it, the horn the the ear tips, is a pretty good one there. And, you know, just bring it down to twenty inches, just round down to twenty. If they seem to be about double that ear width, you've got it. You know they can still be a big mature bull, but be pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. And narrow is not necessarily going to hurt you because I mean that is one. But it, maybe maybe they're really narrow and they're thirty three inches. We're well, only sacrificing seven off of a really good you know right. good width. So that's that's some good reference points right there. I've always heard,
0: and th- you know this is a, a, a longer view. You know, kind of talking about what Clay's talking when you're two thousand yards away do his horns roughly get to his last rib, you know, or somewhere around in there. The back of the belly. And and are his brow tines close to being over his nose or over his nose, then that's when you need to go get another look, you know, a better look. Because you can kind of see that from 2,000 yards away. You you know, is it – the brow tines you know obviously if it's a, a real big bull and they're way over his nose you see it but if they're close or you know whatever sure. then, how much they curl up right Th- there's different things you got to look at there but uh, that's that, a long and distance
1: and kind and of it, reference that i've always heard too and that's a good one to look at too there's two different face which are very accurate um even a lot of the mannequins you know if they if they if you just have a taxidermy mount you could check it on those and it's almost there but a bird of the tip of the nose so that length of that of that face is 15 to 16 inches. So that's a perfect one. You know, you just kind of get a sense of how straight and long their head is. If you can take that line and, and you know, put that to any of those points. I mean, a 15 inch, any, any first, yeah. second or third are all really good measurements. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So if any of those, and that's where that, you know, if they, if they hang out to their nose along with the curl, that's a really big brow tie. Mm-hmm. That could be 18, 19 inches easy. But even if it comes down maybe two-thirds of the way down the, the, the length of their snout and it's got some decent curl, you're probably in that 15-inch area. So, right. yeah.
0: It's kind of important to have like a photo, right, of, of this stuff.
1: I mean, you could do it if they
0: – not many of them just kind of stand around and let you get – so if you can get a good photo or some good video of it and then, you know, blow it up and – and and get to scrutinize it a little bit more. Sure. That's
1: got to be also, also, maybe getting into the specifics. You know, are they three eighty or or three seventy two? You know, you're right. getting into yeah, the that's We number, talk you know? about
2: class of bull, three fifty class, three eighty class, whatever. But obviously, we're talking about spending a lot of time on the mountain or seeing a lot of dead bulls. Um, you know, from your friends on the wall or whatever. And that's um, where
1: all these numbers come from. These guys that so have seen illness, a lot of they, animals. They see and they, it. And they, it's they kind of like
2: the more you do it, you can probably almost get to the point of looking at it and go, yeah, that's, three, that's a 350 bull. Don't even, I don't have to measure. I just know. It's like knowing a 67 Chevy. Mm-hmm. You see that body type? Oh, yeah, 67 Chevy. Whatever. Uh, you just kind of know once you get there. But to start. Which I would you, think
1: would be those three things, that Royal, yeah. you know, you know, Royal, Fairly symmetrical where they don't have something crazy small mm-hmm. or crazy big. Yeah. And, kickers uh, or and, wet, you know, double know That main beam. Or. And then you, t- you get a f- head on <laughs> view and they have a, you know, they seem to have a good 40 inch type of an inside spread. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, 350 can, it is kind of crazy because 350 can turn into 380 real easy. I mean, just an inch and a half, two inches on each one of those points, a a half of an inch on mass that you, and both ways, both ways, you know, we probably, we probably tend to go the the, the big way, you know, and then they shrink a little bit. That's the the ground shrinkage kind of thing. Sure. So you probably want to be conservative. So like this tends to be 21 to 23 inches, use 20 inches, you know, and, and, you know, err on the side of caution. And then if you come up with, that's a 350, 360 type bull, that's maybe for sure what they are, and then they might surprise you with another ten or fifteen when they're on the ground the other yeah. way around you know that's a
0: that's a good point though is in your mind I think most people stretch the other way right but oh, if for you sure. wanna if you're really questing after like a a trophy, you should be undercutting everything right mm-hmm. you should be like you said if it's if that tip is average you know twenty two inches in Nevada okay that one's only got a nineteen you know that way I want worst case scenario you know that in my mind that bull's coming out of 340. Yeah. You know and, whatever. And,
2: but there's also those people that could give a rats ass about score. You know, is it a pretty bull? Is it intact? Do, is how it, was, was the hunt? How clean. was the hunt? Was none of die. this none of this matters. You, you read my mind. Right. So which no fault to anybody and I, then, I whatever it is. I I'm more on the apt of uh killing for food. I'm not a pure trophy hunter by no means. I'd like to take mature animals, obviously, but at the end of the day, I'm going to get my meat. Yeah. And so a pretty bull, a, a non-broken bull, because if, if you are really not, don't care about that, it doesn't matter because you might just uh, European mount it or you know make a chandelier out of it, whatever you're gonna do with the horns, you could actually, if it's broken, you could take it to a taxidermist and get it fixed. Um, you know, and kind of guess how long that time is going to be. But a lot of people, I don't know a lot of people, but it's more about maturity for the people that are not trophy hunters. It's more, I think, is that bull pretty and he's mature and that's fine. And a mature bull could be a 200, a 300 inch bull, but he's a 15 year old bull that's on his way down regressing. You know, there's so many little aspects to horns that. You know, and I know that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about giving you specifics on sure. If you are trying to gauge your animal, um, well, that's just what an we're talking about. Yeah, because
1: there are some people that are just the opposite too. There's something... You know, you said pretty, so maybe something ugly or something unique. Yeah, you know, Cactus they got, buck they got, or yeah. Cactus bucker. Yeah, way extreme stuff like that, or they've got a really cool triple eye guard on a mule deer, and it's like, yeah, it's an average yeah, buck, s- but they got this really cool triple eye guard, and that's what makes you want to go after them. You, you know? see so, that?
2: You see those memes or, or pictures all the time on social media. You know, it's a 180 inch or 200 inch mule deer, or four point, or you know, 100 or 230 inch. Eleven non-typical, by nine, yeah. you know, big non on typical. a lot of people will go, hmm I'm gonna take that four point.
1: Um, that big. You know, perfect cause
2: Because a big two hundred inch four point is very, very hard to do on a mm-hmm. on an elk. But so those are good for the elk. What let's go on to antelope. Um Field judging antelope. I've I'm fairly good at field judging antelope, I I think. <laughs> and it's not it's not very uh it is kinda I guess difficult because um, a lot like you're saying with elk, mass really doesn't matter. But for antelope, mass is key. It, isn't, a,
1: it always matters, but it's not as – It's it, not the it, – it's, it's more forgiving is, yeah. I guess, a good way of saying it. Whereas <laughs> if you've got a heavy, heavy bull and you don't and, – and same for mule deer. If you've got a heavy mule deer, it's a massive, mature mule deer, and you're really wondering why it only scores 155 inches because it's got – you know, it's got short forks or something like that. The time length is what hurts score.
2: Yeah, it, it, not only score, but it also on multi like an elk or a deer with multiple. Uh, what are you guys eating over there? Uh, can't keep up the <laughs> oh, little your story Jack, there, Bub. Jack links. They don't even throw me. Cadena Seca of the table. beef jerky uh, with multi deer, elk multi point multi point animals. That time length is yes. The, with antelope, it's one. It's one horn length. The prong, the prong is very little on the score, actually. They say that the mass is 49% of your score on an antelope. That horn length is 38% of your total score. And your prong is only 13% of your score.
0: That's why if you can find a, you know, a lot of times you can find a long one. You can find a heavy one. They typically have bad prongs. But when you can put them together... All three. That's when you get giant. the huge.
2: Yes. So, and, and antelope are fairly easy to fill, Judge, I would say. Um, I've done it a lot. I've spent on a lot of antelope hunts. But, it, I mean, there's very unique markers on antelope that you can to do. Their ears are basically six inches. So you want to take their ears and have two and a half or three times their ears, Three that's times your horn would length. Real good. That's I mean, three times is real good. Eighteen inches, right? I think the the biggest one ever is nineteen and a quarter, the biggest ever. Anyway, don't matter there. But so you take your horn, your your ear, six inches, two and a half, three times that. That you got your length down, but that's only thirteen percent of your score. Okay, your mass now is where you go get it because you get your all your four mass measurements off of one horn, not divvied up with you know off of huge elk and huge deer right so the black patch on an antelope two inches maybe a little over so if your side profile of that horn is wider than that black patch underneath their eye you want that you want it wider obviously because that's two inches so anything over that is extra then there's two um Versions of the front. If you're when you're looking at it front, you want a th- a, a wide horn around the around the front of it. <laughs> Meaning your eye patches too, and you can get the side profile of the horn. But when you come to the front, is it a skinny horn, almost like a, an axe, where it's skinny? It could be wide as hell, but it's real skinny on the front and back, right? So it just wraps the wrap around
1: the diameter, th- sure.
2: Right. So you want the two and a half inches. On the side profile, but then you kind of, when you look at it from the front, you want the diameter, that front angle to be really wide too, not like an axe. You want it more rounded. More like an egg. And that's it. And then you can extrapolate the the same six inches for your prong. But the prong really, if you have the horn length and the mass, you'll get more score on an antelope than you would with having horn length and uh, dagger points. Or mass and dagger points versus your length and your mass—that's your eighty-seven percent or whatever it is um, of total score on your antelope. So,
1: d- dumb this back down. So you're you're looking at you're looking at uh, a herd of, of pronghorn antelope way off in the distance, and there's two or three bucks. And yeah. you're you, what are the one or two or three things that are making you want to get a closer look? Not, you know, you asked me that question. So what are your what are your just a couple of things that make you think that it's a more mature one.
2: That eye, pat- that eye patch, real dark when they get older and more mature, that eye patch will be bigger. So not even the horns wider. themselves. I mean just horn. that, that eye patch yeah. gives it away a lot of the time.
1: So that's the mature goat.
2: The mature goat, exactly. And then you can, you know. What about up.
1: horn wise? What are you looking at? I mean, if you're just trying to, you know, they're off there. And usually when we're hunting antelope, there's. There's a uh, heat waves and you know you're I, looking that's through what your I was stuff. Just, you stole it from me. What's, so it, what's the the what's, most
0: difficult part about glassing antelope? The heat wave sure. yeah. yeah. And w-
1: so what are you looking at when you really I, you, can't see? You, you look for the black, that black mass, right? Like, well, you see. When you see, here, here's when you see a
0: little antelope versus one that's big, that their you know, their horns, you know, they sure. they that just that black, you know, mass of horn up there, sure. you can tell on a big one, sure, pretty quick. And but then I, it, I look. You, you want them. You want them to look ahead, and you want to see. You know, like he said, is it, you can tell when they got those paddled. You know, horns that they're they're heavy. That's what you can see. That's what sticks out the most. Like heights, you can see the height sometimes in, the, in the heat waves, but a real heavy antelope that's got you know like a bladed yeah. horn, you can see that from a long but way you, but away. But you're you know? talking
2: about horn length. Sometimes that's deceiving because of the curl, of the curl. Yeah. and especially on Clint's, his had a double curl. Where we we didn't count Concurved for four, around four, and back, yeah. yeah, we didn't count for four inches of his right yeah. until we walked up to him. Um, the surprise four inches, yeah,
1: exactly. So I, I would also say this, just in in general, just what you're saying, the amount of black that you see not only on that side of the face, but that should correlate to the w- one that I look at. You mentioned the the spot, but the eye itself, and obviously way off. Here, you're not going to see the the eyes about two inches too. So, yeah. I mean, if that if it seems like the bases of those horns are at a minimum, the, the same width as the eye, that's a five inch base, which isn't a big antelope, but if yeah. they at least cover the eye and then some, then you have mature, but the prong, the prong being above the ears.
2: Yeah. I was just going to, yeah.
1: That's, that's the one I would Without say if you can't really see as much yes. of anything yet, yeah, that prong is at the level of the ears or below. Don't you know, it's, even if they're heavy, they're not, it's not going to be a very big buck. Yeah, you're not going to get so that. So if that the prong point. is above the ears, in yeah. addition to that black patch, I would mm-hmm. say that combination is, you know, let's go ahead and sneak in for, a little yeah. closer because and get a good look.
2: Uh, for people who are listening who m- might not even bend antelope hunting or score uh, an antelope, how it's, how it's scored is you take the length of your shortest horn, right, or the longest horn. And yeah, you it met,
1: you measure both horns, and, and he, then you have to divide it equally into four parts based on the longer horn.
2: Oh, longer. Okay, so the longer horn. So yeah, you take your longer horn, divide it by four, and then mark uh, mark that on those horns. That's where you take your mass measurements from. One at the base, and a quarter, quarter, quarter. Um, and with some that, details, right? Because you can't you can't get like a burr, right? You got to
1: move. You got to go just above or just below that, yeah. you know, Any some kind of abnormal. Like that.
2: Yeah. But that's um, the thing where he's talking about with those, uh, with the high prong, that second or third measurement, you could, you know, wherever it lies, it can be pushed, you know, you get the thicker part, right? So, so,
1: it, so yeah, if they have that prong in the right spot, it would be the third mm-hmm. measurement up. So you, the, your first circumference is the base. Yep. The second circumference is not going to be in the prong because if it is, it's a little very little, short. Short, and, but, and a lot of times yeah. it's
2: almost the same as your base. It right. Hopefully, it's a little, two two hopefully a little bigger. Hopefully, it's yes. a little bigger. Yes. If it's
1: a good one, it's a little bit bigger than the base. Yeah, and that that's funny because that's the you know the taxidermist They that's one way they can tell if somebody's uh Messed you with know pump the stuff into the horns to try to try to swell them up is. If it's the opposite of that, that's a telltale sign that the base gets heavier than the second. Yeah. What do they do? They shoot the, I don't know, some kind of rubber cement or what up there and make that swell. And if their bases are bigger than that second measurement, it's like, hmm, (laughs) there's hardly any antelope or that. But yeah, if you have the prong in the right spot and your third measurement, so your uh, third quarter is in the prong or at least the swelling of the prong, you get it right at the base of the swelling, which is probably going to equal the bases again. So that makes, I mean, that can give you another three inches, easy measurement Mm -hmm. on, you know, on your total score and three inches on an antelope's a lot.
2: A lot. And then,
1: yeah, then you get that fourth one. I was, I was going to say the thing that I think probably leads to people saying pronghorn antelope are the hardest to score field judge, all that is because it's not, well, the mass measurements on bull elk and, and mule deer is you have to take the smallest Millistic. circumference yep. between G one and G two and all these and that you know I personally think that it should be the other way around but uh, it doesn't matter on the on the pronghorn you can't it, it's just it's it strictly is what it is, that measure one horn you yeah. know you have to go you have to divide that horn base and you go up
0: two and three quarter yeah, inches or whatever you could be a quarter
1: it. inch below. You know, and that's where you have to take the measurement. And you could go up just a little tiny bit, and you got another three quarters of an inch on your measurement. So it's right. just it's like that. How do you judge exactly where that that mark is? That's, Which that's before, what makes it difficult.
2: I mean, we can go on because that's basically it with an antelope. I mean, it's it's not like you have all these and the, and the different the measurements. Prong. Yeah,
1: the prong is that you go to the middle. You go you go middle to the, of the back horn, of the, yeah. the horn and you start right down the middle of it, and you get that you know center line that and then whole uh, length or. Uh, contour of the prong all yeah. the way to the tip, yeah. which, you know, it's not a straight line. It's, you know, it's up, mm-hmm. it's down, it's got that. So, you know, and that's so, but then before that's we go yeah. on to four, mule. four girth length of the horn and the length and of the prong. prong Boom, that's gun. it. Double <laughs> so it.
2: pretty simple before we go on to deer. That's why, and I, I know a lot of people that would rather do this is they, you know, i know this is not what we're getting into but it's off on a tangent where if we you're talking about a if you're talking about score where you know the elk the deer the antelope whatever you're scoring they grew the horn right like we're just talking about he grew the mass a half inch higher three-quarter inch thicker and you're not allowed to take that because of that but the, he grew it right so a lot of people say why not just You know, water weight it, or or you know, take the weight of the horn or whatever it is, and and displacement is that what water displacement displacement, test? That's the that's the the bone that they grew. That's the purest form of how much he he grew, whatever it is of horn. That's what he grew. And I I'm not a (laughs) I'm not a
1: 100 percent believer in that because again, like you could have that. In my opinion, like that ugly club club i'm not a fan of ugly stuff you have that 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 injured injured animal taste
2: is different but but i'm saying
1: i'm saying it but it could not be you know it could just have so much mass and junk that's growing off of it and that thing's going to score more than that beautiful well that's that's just a taste though four point
2: that's just a taste he still grew the horn
1: I like non-typical over typical. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily talking non-typical. I'm talking like the cactus, cactus bug. I'm talking yeah. the injured Weird. weirdo. Jump those the would be the, cut those, those would be the world records. They, yeah. You know, some of those bugs. You see some of those yeah. white tails on those. Would be, those would be the world records, and I would disagree with that. Outside of those, yeah, I think I would. We would probably all be in agreement. As like, far did as did you see the Devin? they grew
0: latest deer he's been yeah. posting.
2: Uh-huh. That's a big gnarly. Screwed it, up. It's like three-point. And it's, it's a three-point that 200 has plus inches, eight-inch eight kicker over here because he's basically a three-point on one side. <laughs> yeah. and he's got a, all these kickers and a nine-inch kicker that <coughs> splits on this side and maybe a three with a main beam. He's got that four. weird point that comes out with like yeah. the two. Yeah. So Nobody so, said
0: bless me. Jesus. Salute. Uh,
2: Salute. Salut. I'm uh, smelling this jalapeno jackal. It's, it's delicious. So let's talk about Mule
1: Deer since we brought it up. Um, I'd like beer. I'd like uh, Before we leave uh, Antelope I just wanted to share The kind of the What the three of us In the room You know we, We've we probably be, We've definitely Probably been around Those animals More than any other animal Right mm-hmm. You tend to draw the tags yeah. And yeah You see them a lot yeah, more yeah. So as far as Our field judging Experience and stuff Is is Antelope And At the end of the day What's the What's the typical Nevada Pronghorn buck, right? Every one of them. 78, like, 80. No matter how you 80. try to squeeze in an inch or take something away or whatever, a good, not just, I mean, we say average, but, you know, that our mature good. pronghorn antelope are 76 to 78 inches, and it's hard. <laughs> to get, It's yeah. hard to get them above that the But a if you put of one times, of those you know? in,
0: like, Wyoming, they're giants. They're you giants. know what I mean? They, sure. Those guys happily sure. kill a 65-inch yeah. antelope, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. But so, it, it, is, it does go to say, you know, and Clay mentioned earlier, I don't know if you guys heard it, but when, when you see a big one, you,
2: you, you Well, know. unless you it's Clint's,
0: but <laughs> like when we saw Clay's, you know that you're looking at a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And then Clint's ended up being a giant, too. It was just a, the lighting was off when we saw him.
2: You just needed me there.
0: And I couldn't see that four-inch surprise, as he called it,
1: <laughs> which is interesting. We never saw it. Yeah. It was a very hidden four inches. It was.
0: So if you got four inches, it's good for you. <laughs>
2: let's, let's hear about mule deer, Clint. Um, mule deer. I might have to step away for a couple minutes. The old
1: the old back, adage on uh, mule deer is, you know, again, it's probably you know width wise, which is only one measurement, and I you kind of go back to the old school. The big the big thing was to kill the thirty inch buck. You know that was kind of the that was which, the is benchmark. Width, which is width with there's a width the outside, yeah. the outside, which isn't a you know, when you get into scoring, it's not a measurement. But you know, I killed a 30 inch buck and it doesn't necessarily speak to much, but it is a big mature mule deer every yeah. time if it's a 30 cool. inch buck, you know. Uh, but yeah, so so a good just quick field judging on mule deer is uh if if they're outside of their horns, then how far outside of their horns? so i'm sorry outside of their horns outside of their ears so again in that, that kind of normal ears, yeah. normal resting ear position do they get to the outside of their ears and then how much more because we're not just at that point field judging the inside spread of the main beam and now on a on a mule deer the main beam is the front one so if they're well outside of that, it's not just the inside spread. It's how long that main beam is. So you can get knocked both of those out just with that. And that's not necessarily true on that bull elk. It's not true on the bull elk. Cause it's, if you think about it, a bull elk's main beam is the back of the horn. Yeah. The main beam on a, on a deer is the front of the horn. The very first horn up front is the main beam. So you're getting two things taken care of right away. If they're well outside of the ears, let's say three inches on both sides. You're starting to get to where they're a thirty inch type of a buck and you got to figure out the the inside spread is not going to be anywhere near the outside spread but if it's a thirty inch outside spread it's probably going to be a twenty five ish inch inside spread and the good thing about mule deer if they are regular without any crazy anomalies almost always if they're good symmetrical mature mule deer their inside spread of their main beam is going to be very close if not exactly the same they the length of their main beam is going to be just that. So if they've got a 25 inch inside spread, they got a 25 inch main, main beam. beam. So there's 75 inches of horn right there, as far as measurement goes. I guess we should explain. 25 on both sides, and uh-huh.
0: the main. We, you you briefly spoke about it, but the main beam of a mule deer is.
1: That first, the first point, the the first point that comes out from the, from the burr, so the base of the horns, you're gonna follow on the out. Anytime you're 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 measuring a point, it's on the outside of the horns. If, so if you can imagine from the burr, the base of the horn, and you're draw you're you're following a line along the front horn, the one that's the lowest point, if mm-hmm. you will, the most forward point. Yeah. Whereas with the bull elk, it's that back right. part, and then all the points come forward off of that.
0: When you see like a tall mule deer those back. Yes. You know, a lot of people look at that back. Which horn, is the
1: next, that's the next one to look at. Right. So,
0: but that is not his main beam where no. like an elk, you know, you
1: but can, where they can really make up a lot of score. So if you follow the way mule deer are scored you, that, that so you just took care of inside spread and the, the, the length of the main beam, which are, are three different measurements. And like I said, if they're 25 inches a piece, you got 75 inches just right there. You've got, all the rest of the, of the time length to score and then all your mass. So you've already got a pretty good start. So yeah, your most important, we were talking on a bull elk, the Royal, which would be the fourth point up typically the one that's going straight up in the air, the dagger, the Royal, you know, the different names that they have for them. That's, that's probably the most important one to field judge on a bull elk. The most important time to to score is what would be the G2. So the G1 is the eye guard g2 you start from the back so the g2s are the most important and the reason that is is because you're getting that point all the way back down to the main beam
0: yeah so if it's real long you can pick up some right some serious inches
1: that's it's the most it's going to be the biggest point on any other than the main beam it's going to be well bigger than g3 or or g4 right is there some type of correlation like you just made with the inside
0: spread being relevant to that main beam is can you can you get any guesstimate from the main beam to that G2? Does that usually
1: affect it in any way? Not, I don't know of any correlation, like if they have this. I do know the main beam and the inside spread. If you really look at a lot of deer that are pretty darn symmetrical, have very few deductions. Those are very close to each other. You got a 23-inch inside spread, you got a 23-inch main beam. And sometimes that makes it easier because it's really hard to score that main beam because, again, that thing's kind of up and it's convex and it's coming towards you and it's really hard to field judge how long that point is as far as taking a straight line, you know, pulling it, stretching it out and making a straight line. So if you can get a pretty good judge on, the ears tend to be about 23 or 24 inches wide. You know if I figure they're about two inches outside of the ears on each or either side, i I should have about a twenty six inch type of a type of a buck, and you know so you and you can just take that and go, okay, most likely the main beam, as long as there's nothing crazy, is going to be about the same length. The G two, to me, once you've determined that, if you have a photo, it's much easier, but you can just kind of take the you can take that tip to tip on the ear. And then try to compare that to that G two, and the best look you're going to get on a G two is from the side, you know, the side view. You're going to have a perfect view of that back horn all the way back under the main beam, and you're just going to have to, going to have to use uh, your deduction visually to figure it out. But, but no, I don't know of any any you know if if you've got a 23 inch inside spread, that means the G two is going to be this. Uh huh. But if that sucker, if that if that back horn goes way up in the air and it's it's quite a bit higher more vertical than any of the other horns that's a good indication that they got really good tine length what do you that's think where all the scoring is with mule deer
0: the biggest mistake is made on
1: a mule deer what
0: i, I shouldn't lead you into this question but i know what you're leading me yeah. to
1: yeah the, will, the you can you can definitely i think it works really good to get your 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 uh, adrenaline up is when they're going away from you yeah. they always look huge going huge. away everybody says that so you if the first you know, if you've spooked a buck and the first view you get of them is, is bouncing away from you, you go, oh my God, it's a monster. Don't necessarily, you know, rest on your laurels there because they always look, even kind of mediocre bucks look pretty dang big when they're going away. So, yeah, and especially because they don't factor that in. They
0: tuck their ears back, yeah. you know, when they're kind of running from you, Like you said, if you spooked one away, they tuck their ears back to go away from it. And then you just see all big, wide horn going away. Yeah. Yeah, for I, sure. It's so that's, funny that that's you one what it does. It gets your saying.
1: hair up and stuff, but you do want to get another look at them. You don't want to – if the only look you got was that deer going away from you and then, you know, 800 yards out there, they stopped and turned around and looked at you real quick, and, you and you know, you got maybe a, a, a fleeting glimpse of them, but what you really saw was them going away from you, you know, take that into account that they're not that big. Right. However big they looked, they're not that big.
0: That's th- that's where the ground shrinkage comes in. Because you sure. see that, re- that rear view – with the ears tucked back, and then when you shoot them, and you, you know.
1: And I think that's probably pretty true of bull elk, too, right? If you see I would a bull elk so, walking away from you, and you know, you see, their, you see their ass at you, and it's like, oh my God, they're, so, they're way outside of their ass. I mean, that thing looks like it's 60 inches wide, it's not 60 inches wide. Yeah, <laughs> it just isn't. So. And I know
0: you always get a good look at them when they skyline and stuff, but that's a deceiving little, you know, that's the best view. Contrast wise, right? You know, if you got a lit sky and they get up on the edge, it's like kind of don't really want to live on that image either. You know what I mean? Because those are, you know, that's what they just kind of like bulls, especially right? Optical illusion. Yeah, the bulls will go up on that skyline and you go, oh my god, you know. But that's like the very best it could ever look, you know. And everything's exaggerated in your mind and everything else.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, so I think that's the you know the thing I would reiterate on mule deer. I think. I, I haven't been around near as many bull elk as, as but I think it's probably pretty true because they're kind of similar horn structure. The thing about your mass measurements are the the smallest mass measurement between point A and point B, depending on which one you are. They're called H measurements. You got H1, H2, H3, H4, all these, but uh, um, they could look real massive in that, you know, 80, 90% of that mass in between those horns. But if that small little area kind of shrinks down a little bit, that's your measurement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think more so true on, on mule deer. Cause it, it's, it's, um, I don't know the mule deer that I've looked at that I thought carried really good mass. It's like you, you get hurt because they have just this little bit where it's, you know, swollen most of the way, but it's the, the least, the least thick diameter. And that's the measurement you got to take. And again, it's not really—it's not really that much. It's not that many inches compared to all those time right. lengths and stuff. It doesn't add up. So you mean, I guess the the, the flip side of that—the good thing is—if you do feel like you know they're this big, heavy, massive deer, and they're not as massive as you thought they were, you're not—you're not, you're not going to lose that much. You're—you're—it's you're, going to make a significant difference, but nowhere near if you judge they had a twenty-inch G2 and. You know, actually, that's more like 16 inches because that means all those other points are that much shorter, too. And that's going to hurt you, you know, qu- what, at least quadruple, you know, five, six times the amount of a misjudgment on mass.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't want to find yourself saying, oh, you know, he's short, but he's heavy because you're not going to make up for right. the shortness. Right. You know what I mean? If you I mean, shoot a real, yeah. you know, yeah. crab crab claw kind of a buck. But he's got heavy, you know, some heaviness. You're still going to lose out on it, you know. Like you said, those tines, you know, they, you could lose five, six inches per tine, whereas that mass measurement, you're not going to fluctuate yeah. all that much,
1: right? And then that's the thing too. I think that's a good adage, especially on bull elk, is, um, you know, probably what you're ideal, <laughs> ideally looking for is you're looking at this 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 bull off in the distance and he meets, he meets that 50 inch main beam and seems like he's got the inside spread and you're looking at him going, but man, he just looks spindly. He just, he's long, you know, he seems to have that good length and stuff, but he just, it doesn't seem like it's big, heavy, mature horn. It's actually probably the bull you want to go after because that's the, the opposite optical illusion. Those tines are so long that they are more massive than they look. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for. You're not looking for a real heavy, heavy horn. I think in the mule deer and for sure the bull elk, you're looking for tine length. And you're going to be pleasantly surprised on you thought they maybe just had a kind of a spindly horn, but they actually just, it's because of how long their tines are. It it it, it, it uh, fooled your eye that they're actually a little more massive than they looked.
0: And we don't have them here in Nevada, but white-tailed deer... You're, you're following a very similar scoring,
1: you know, kind of as I've a never, mule deer, I've never harvested one, but uh, I think it's the same exact – I think it's yeah, the same You get scoring. the same –
0: their main beams, that front
1: one that comes out. I just out, wouldn't go, know – I wouldn't know where you get your mass measurements, you know, on, yeah. a, on an eight uh, – you know, an eight-point buck would be three on each side and then the eye guards, right? So you have to have H1 between the, the burr and the, and the eye guard, and then H two would be between the eye guard and the first split, and then from there I'm not sure because they're just it's a different horn configuration. Yeah. It's like their theirs come off the main beam. It's not like straight a, a mule deer It's basically out, yeah. a fork and then two, two for another fork off of each of those, right? So white tails just different. I just that's the only thing I'm not real sure of is the where they do the mass measurements.
0: And one that I I know we're not going to be comfortable with because none of us here have ever gotten one. I have spent a little bit of time, but sheep, and I you know. Heavy bases, at least desert sheep, and I mean, gosh, they're all different. We could talk for hours, but, you know, heavy bases and then, you know, the length again, you know, and, and
1: I don't believe you get a width measurement out of sheep. I don't I've never no, done one. No, and I think on. from the, you know, I've, I've, I've never have hunted a sheep. I've gone up to help a guy get one off the mountain after he, after he took it. But, uh, um, it, you know, how much, do, not only length, yeah, but how much do they carry that mass? Yeah. So if they're real heavy at the bottom but they seem to peter out. Because those, those last two uh, mass measurements are really important. Because, yeah. again, like what's a massive guys, uh, What's a massive uh, <laughs> Nelson Bighorn? What's the big, big ones? Like uh, you you know, upper 170s, 180s. If you go you, you 170,
0: you're real pumping. Uh, upper you know, 170s is really good.
1: So if, if you kind of think about, okay, I only have four mass measurements in the length of the horn, those last two mass measurements, a lot like an antelope, even way more important than an antelope because – I mean, if they peter out and you lose four inches and then three inches, that's yeah. a, all of a sudden a 160, just like that. So, yeah, and I think they cool. got to carry that mass all the way You're up, on a sheet now?
2: I miss deer. Where, you did miss deer. you guys deer. miss
1: me? We missed you. Where were you?
2: Well, I had to go pick up the kids from school and a friend's house. You did that all that quick? hmm We were going to lie and say you were still here. No. You're <laughs> that's why I'm out of breath, because I ran to school, ran to their house. Picked them up. Yeah, I picked them up on my shoulders and carried them. There two backpacks
1: everything <laughs> getting ready for my older father of the
2: year try right. um
1: yeah we so were, now just, you're on to we, were we were pretty much down to the end of the big horn just you know kind of field you know feel judging if you have any other tips we talked about mass at the bases and and the, you know that curl but Bottom. importantly carrying that mass all the way through the curl if you have anything else to add to it we kind of said we don't really know much about sheep because none of us have ever killed yeah,
2: one. Yeah, ask your brother. He has two. Right.
0: Well, he's going to have two.
2: <laughs> uh, he's lucky. No. I mean, a lot of times now, sheep people go guides because I think it's, it's one of those tags that you don't get all the time and you want to kill a big mature one, right? A lot of the times, there are still those people that want to kill a pretty ram. But if you're going for a mature ram... Because you only get them once every 20 years, once a lifetime, you don't spend a lot, like us, we don't spend a lot of time looking at them, seeing them, judging them, any of that. Right. We haven't got a tag. Um, So those, I would say a lot of people that get those sheep tags actually end up going with a guide um, and searching that out. And then those, they'll know because that's their job to know. Because, it, you know, deer antelope, you can get those all the time in multiple states and all this stuff, but sheep are just one of those tags that you get once a year, so it's not... Once a year? Yeah. Once or a, once, life. Once a <laughs> Sorry, Once a lifetime that you, you don't need, I guess, to learn it. And they
0: taste like shoe leather, so <laughs> you're not really hunting them for their meat. I don't know. They're, I've had, no, I've they're had all had some, right.
2: I've had some really good sheep. I mean, it's just like anything else, right? Taking care of it and...
0: How you cook it? How you cook it? But I'm starting to doubt you on that. Ooh. Not
1: really. <laughs> no, I think we covered them. Don't have to worry about scoring coyotes. Just make sure their tail touches. <laughs> make the sure ground. The tail touches the ground and, and ground and
2: make sure that skull size. Is that what we're doing this weekend?
1: You bet. I would you. have to say we got it. We got to get a picture out there. I, it's been been a little time, but those those uh, those coyote skulls that I did last year. That mature one, oh, we, that we, two oh. mature ones, but the one I showed—that was the, the most unbelievable right? difference between two mature coyotes as far as coyote school, the school size, part was wolf. unbelievable. For a part, German Shepherd or it had to have been, yeah. That's the biggest coyote school I've ever seen. Yeah, we do need that picture. And you, that, you know, and you look at when you look at, the, you look at the footage of it, and you look at you know any of the pictures that we took of them, they weren't that much different as far as.
2: Body wise, bodies, right. you know,
1: fur, maturity, all that kind of stuff. But that skull on that one was unbelievable. Renaming the honey hole the shithole after last time. <laughs> no, it's, God, it's been Not bad. Really. Well, I know I made light. That of was it. before all this water. We've gotten it's some water. It's filled back up the groundwater. I might I be I some more shining rocks shown too. I went to work this morning. Dead coyote on the side of the road and two raccoons eating him. No, just they raccoons. were hit. So I mean, yeah. Oh, down by, down up down by the Kylie Ranch Golf Course, two raccoons in the middle of the road dead. So, <laughs> um, I haven't seen a dead coyote on the road in a, in a little while, so I, I just think this colder weather and the and the uh, the moisture we've gotten Getting here lately is room. good. Might be good for us this bodes weekend. well for this weekend.
2: All right,
0: I made light of it earlier, but on a serious note, we have some pretty nice sponsors. People that the best. Count on us to convey a nice message to you guys out there in your Ford pickup trucks.
2: (laughs) Are you going to do it again? (laughs) With your Resist All hat. (laughs) I look good. I've always worn a cowboy hat, and I look really good in my Resist All.
1: I have to say, I've never worn cowboy hats. Uh, I got that new felt one just the other day. Felt? I went to a, a store in town, and the very first time I wore it, and I was checking out, and this kid said man, I like your hat. And I was like, gee, were first you wearing time cowboy with it? No, I had my, my thorough goods on, but I just, you, gotta wear cowboy you know, the cowboy fact that cowboy, he yeah. made that compliment to me, I was like, well, I guess I do look good in this thing. <laughs> was it a cowboy hat? Yeah, it's that, you know, the wintertime felt ones. Nice.
2: Were you, um, you were wearing the felt one, not the straw.
1: I was wearing the felt one. I'm breaking it in for, <laughs> for it to become my elk hunting hat.
2: You gonna wear it elk hunting?
1: Absolutely. Well, how are you going to get it through the trees? Oh, on the actual hikes and stuff? No, I haven't made up my mind. Jim Shockey already has that market cornered. No, <laughs> no. You no, wear them no. around a camp, campfire. Camp. Camp. Camp hat. Yeah, but on the old cunt for sure. That
0: straw cowboy hat's a good summertime hat. You out the lake with your shirt off, just a cowboy hat. It's summertime
2: every day in my living room or every night in my living room. Shirt off with that Shirt hat off on? and on, watching TV, whatever, playing the guitar. Mm. I always have it on. If you guys watch
0: any of the social media, Thinks you see he's Clay Party. Party guitar. Ooh, yeah. It's pretty good. He, uh, he's taking a lead role in guitar picking. I don't know if his brother Clint even noticed. It's very good. Thank I you. saw it. I was, I was impressed.
1: I was impressed with that young man, too.
2: He, he can sing. Corey. Corey. He's real.
1: Who is uh, Corey? Hinkley?
2: Hinkley. He's, Hinkley. he's got some oh, awesome man. songs coming out. He uh, listened to this one. It just.
1: Uh... I have Corey Hinkley take us out.
2: Right here. Where did he... Where is his... Right we cover all our bases while he's looking
1: for it? I think we covered What's most, of, most I think of we did. Damn, I need Obviously, a Obviously, there's other animals out there, but those are the ones we're familiar with. Here we go.
2: You listen to it all, you gotta buy it, Little stream it, will teaser. 99 cents. Little Corey Hinkley, um, go check him out, he's a badass. And I like picking with him,
0: it was fun. And we like picking with you. We appreciate go. y'all tuning in here. We'll all catch right. you on the next one. It's gonna be maybe after, uh, nah. it's not gonna be after Clint's. No, nah, we'll have one, it's gonna one be more. after we go cow hunting, up. Yep, last time we did that, though, didn't
1: work out too good. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to talk about it. <laughs> we don't want to go wood. over under.